This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, it's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Jerem Jordan, alongside a man who is ready to board the pirate ship at Raymond James Stadium on Saturday, perhaps even today or tomorrow. Spencer Linton! Jerem, I have to get acclimated to the Tampa humidity, the sea life, if you will, work on my sea legs a little bit. It certainly is not cool in Tampa. It's very hot, it's very sunny, it's very humid, but I'm just trying to get an idea of what this is going to be like for BYU football on Saturday so that I can adequately and accurately explain to them what to prepare for as they're on the flight over here today. And no one has an ounce of empathy for you. Uh, 91 degrees, no, no. 57% humidity. Uh, how is Tampa this fine day as you have almost boarded a yacht behind you? Yeah, it's warm for sure. We're on the Riverwalk here. Uh, I am just outside the team hotel, the Marriott uh, on Water Street. So BYU is staying right in the heart of Tampa this year and uh, should be arriving in a few hours. Uh, Like I said, they're traveling to Tampa today, but beautiful location, just a little bit warmer than Utah and, and a tad bit more humid than the conditions that we're used to dealing with in the Rocky Mountains. And you must feel comfortable as a Utah next to a white vinyl fence, which is very exciting. Okay, more from Spencer coming up <laughs> in a moment. Okay, uh, here's what's on the show today. What's the next step in BYU football's progression? New Year's Six, expanded playoff, which will be voted on tomorrow. Big 12 title, we'll discuss. What perhaps are we uh, overly confident about heading into the South Florida game? We'll ask Brian Logan that as he triumphantly returns to the program today. Are completely unbiased Big 12 plus four power rankings the debut today, and uh, it's a double day, uh, double game day with top 10 uh, ranked women's soccer and women's volleyball. Two good matchups at the same time. Hashtag we want Bama. But first, let's serve up some sweaty headlines, Spence. BYU football, as I mentioned, Jerem is traveling to Tampa, Florida as we speak. They're ready to join me in the nice, calm, cool conditions of South Florida for their season opener against the Bulls on Saturday at Raymond James Stadium, the home of the NFL's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, that's where Tom Brady plays, but it's BYU and USF first before Tom Brady and the Bucs take that field. Bulls head coach Jeff Scott says, Jerem, his team is better, but frankly, he's just not sure how much. Uh, All season, winter, spring, summer, workouts, fall camp uh, has been, uh, you know, the best that it's been since I've been here. So I have no doubt in my mind that we're better. Uh, now, how much better and how that ma- measures up against a very talented uh, top 25 BYU team coming in, uh, we'll find out on Saturday. Jeremy has a hint of Ty Detmer in his voice, does he not? Uh, Jamal, I was like, what, is that you? I want a coach to be like, you know what? We had the third best fall camp since I've been here. You know, like, it's always the best. It's always depth, it's always perfect. It's tis the season, okay, let's play some football. Cougars in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Matt Bushman, who had two touchdowns and a broken clavicle uh, in the last Chiefs uh, exhibition game, he's on the Chiefs' injured reserve. So the Chiefs retain him. They want to keep him. The Chiefs also signed Zane Anderson to the practice squad, as did the Patriots with Harvey Longy, Colts with Tyson Williams and Chris Wilcox. And of note, a little bit of a surprise here, the Bears cut Kyrus Tongan. No word on if they're going to keep him for the practice squad. How about this note out of basketball, Jerem? BYU will not play Utah State 
this upcoming season because they couldn't come to an agreement on where and when and how many games to play. Utah State wanted to play in Vivint Arena, the home of the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City, then Logan, then Provo. BYU wanted to play in Vivint and then have the option to reevaluate after that game. So the Cougars didn't want to sign a three-year agreement due to approaching Big 12 scheduling. Yeah. Neither team able to come to an agreement, while BYU now says, okay, we're just going to take a hiatus, and who knows when BYU and Utah State are going to play men's basketball again. The football game's a big deal this year. And oh, by the way, women's volleyball against Utah State tonight, which we'll mention in just a moment. Number yes. six, women's yes. soccer hosts Alabama tonight, 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Remember, the Cougars beat Bama 4-1 in the second round of the NCAA tournament last year en route to the national championship game. Big one for the ladies. Jeremy, as you mentioned, BYU women's volleyball 3-0 on the season after taking care of business last Saturday night against Washington State. They're at home tonight against Utah State, opening up the BYU Nike Invitational. Utah State and BYU will meet for the first time in women's volleyball in more than a decade. It's been 11 years. The Cougars lead the all-time series, 41 matches to 16. Looking forward to that. I'm surprised in the history of their 16 losses, right? But Utah State is back to where they used to be, which is a very good competitive team. They beat number 12 UCLA over the yeah. weekend. This is going to be a fun match tonight. Cross-country okay. rankings are okay. out. The men are fourth. The women are seventh. They both run in the UVU Invitational this afternoon to start the season. No word on if the course will go through the entire campus, which can be reached indoors, which I absolutely love in the winter. Jerem, because this college football season has not had enough drama and enough news, we add this. There's a vote on college football playoff expansion forthcoming. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports is reporting that vote could be done as early as this Friday, which means that the playoff and the bracket could be expanded by the 2024 season. What in the world? I, I thought this was on the, off the table for a couple of years. Apparently not. And the report is saying it most likely will expand to 12 teams. So, yeah, let's just build it up to uh, – even greater heights as we approach a new college football season. I want a 12-team playoff. I think it'd be great. Much more on that coming up in yes. just a moment yeah. as we rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. After 21 wins the last two years in its first preseason AP Top 25 ranking since 2009, BYU football is in an absolutely relevant spot in college football's landscape. So, Spencer, what's the next step in the program's progression? It's a great question, Jerem, and I'm gonna utilize the pillars that came out that hang within the BYU football office. I know you know them well, many BYU fans know them well, but there were a bunch of things that BYU had not done on that list until recent years, which is beat your rivals, have a top 25 ranking, win your bowl game. There is a go to a New Year's Six game on that, uh, pillar marker so I, I naturally I kind of lean to well yeah it's going to be the new year six for sure um, it, it, it has to be the new year six right well now there's the college football playoff that's in play Jerem like what in the so does the college football playoff then become the next level of natural progression for BYU if it's not a new year six game Th that to me seems like the obvious step that's a big step but that seems like the next step for BYU to get to more national relevance uh, and, and do something that Ed Lamb was talking about on Coordinator's Corner, where he's like, look, what we did last year in the year probably it was good, but it wasn't good enough. Like, we need, we need to be at that next tier. We need to get in the top 15. We need to be in a New Year's Six game. So I, I tend to feel like that's the next step is a major bowl game 
and consistent top 15 rankings where BYU is talked about uh, as a potential college football playoff uh, participant when it expands to what we hope is 12 teams. What do you think? Yeah, the New Year's Six is essentially the top 12 teams, but not exactly because of bowl affiliation, depending on the year, what bowls are tied to the college football playoff, which is currently four teams, and what not. A G5 can be outside of the 12 there and be in. So it's not exactly the top 12. We don't know on this top 12 whether that's going to include auto bids for conference champs or not. If you're the SEC and Big Ten, you certainly uh, probably don't want those because, hey, if the Pac-12's best team is ranked 14th, why should they be in this? Why can't we have our fourth best team who's also inside the top 12 perhaps be in this? So we'll see. To me, the next step for BYU football is not the New Year's Six or an expanded playoff. It is to do it again because it is so hard to do this. One time during my sister's Little League basketball game as a kid, I put up some crazy shot from somewhere and I made it and this codger on the side said, do it again. And I thought, you do it once, old man. But I, I wanted to uh, not feel like I needed to do it again, but, it, but in this case, I feel like BYU needs to sustain what it has done. 2020 was unique. 2021 was unique as well. Can BYU continue to raise the bar without feeling like it has to? To me, that's a couple rungs up there. 21 uh, proved BYU could, hey, play against P5s. That was great. But they've got to show that they can do it again. I don't want it to be a one-off. I don't want it to be like, well, that was an outlier. I want BYU this year to split with those big four, win 10 games again. And now BYU enters the Big 12 as a team that, hey, the last three years, especially the last two, has really shown us they can compete uh, for this. If BYU gets to a Big 12 title game, that means that they will likely be in a New Year's Six type position. Most of the time, the, even the loser of that game gets into a New Year's Six type game. Obviously, if you win, you're in. So maybe we could quantify it as win the Big 12 starting uh, you know, next year, which next year is not the year. To me, maybe the year after that. BYU just settles in. But to me, it's do it again against tougher competition. Take that next step. And then if you really, I mean, if you're putting a list out for everybody, you're not going to say win 10 games again and prove that we've, I get that you could quantify that as uh, get into a New Year's Six. But to me, it's more about once you're in the Big 12 starting next year, get to the title game and then you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, to, to your point, Jerem, uh, you're right. I mean, the, the, the next level of progression uh, certainly includes, hey, do this again. Do it against a really tough schedule. Win 10-plus games against an even tougher schedule than what you had in 2021. Make it three straight years. So, yeah, th there is that sub-step. So it's hard. Like, it, I think we both can be right. They're just That's kind of like the next immediate step that you're talking about. And then, but, but I feel like from the national standpoint, the next thing for BYU to do is to do what Notre Dame has been doing, and that is going to New Year's Six games and, and you know, having a chance at the college football playoff. Like, but you're right. There are several sub-steps to take that big step. The question is, like, how does BYU do that as fast as possible? How do they do that this year? How do they take that next step this year? Because as we pointed out on the show, like, oh, man, it's just going to be tough to break into a New Year's Six game this year as an independent and not having that many at-large spots available for those New Year's Six games. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would be just fine if what you proposed uh, happens. BYU wins 10 games against this schedule 
And we as BYU fans in a community feel that, that there is progression, but ultimately for us to get noticed on the national landscape, like, oh, they've taken the next step, BYU's got to start doing things that they've never done before, and that's really competing for a New Year's Six Bowl game and being in one and then maybe being a part of that expanded 12-team playoff. All right, Jerem, let's take it to topic two. Uh, the road to a New Year's Six game or more national relevance for BYU starts this Saturday against USF. We feel very confident in a number of things about this BYU football team, starting with the quarterback, offensive line, plenty of offensive weapons. We feel like collectively the defense will be better, they're more healthy. But are we perhaps overly confident in some aspects or one aspect? Jerem, where are we perhaps overly confident when we look at this BYU football team. I'll just speak for myself on this. Uh, one, last year BYU is amazing because of several things. The top two things, in my opinion, were in this order, Tyler Algiers' play in the O-line, and two, BYU did not give the ball away very much. In fact, BYU gave it away 12 times, five picks, seven interceptions. Are you kidding me? That's one of the greatest seasons in BYU <laughs> history in that, in that number. To some degree, that's luck. You can control part of that, but it's not all. You can't control whether the ball tips off a receiver's hands and then goes into uh, you know, a defender's hands. Uh, whether a ball, you, can, you can control the ball, but hey, sometimes someone punches that ball out like it happens. Um, that's unbelievable. I hope BYU can approximate that number. I'd take, I'd take 16 or fewer, let alone 12. You know what I mean? And then yeah. the other thing is that we are, we are very confident that Christopher Brooks is going to be very good and that the offensive line is going to be great. Yes. If both those things happen, we're good. But if they don't, it changes things. We're expecting Christopher Brooks and the O-line to be incredible. Yeah, and that's kind of where I answer the question is with the offensive line specifically. Like, if I'm being completely honest, I don't care what the weather is on Saturday, hot, humid, super rainy, if it's just a downpour in South Florida, doesn't matter. BYU's got the offensive in line in place to road grade and dominate Amen. their defensive line front. That, that's, how, that's how I am feeling. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter what the weather's going to be. Like, the offensive line is so experienced, so good. They're ready. They've been told that it could be weird conditions. They've been trying to prepare for this. And they frankly, might welcome just it. Better physically and more experienced. Yes, they might want that, right? They might want to prove, like, good. We don't want to throw the ball. We want to run all over these guys. I, if, if there's an area that I'm overconfident, it is in that area that BYU, regardless of conditions, will be able to successfully run the ball against their counterpart on Saturday. I, I just feel like that that should happen and it will happen. Maybe that's erroneous on my part, but Jerem, dang it, I'm sticking to it. I feel like BYU has the advantage on the offensive line against that defensive front, and 100%. they should absolutely exploit it, and we will see them exploit it. So that's where I answer this question. Am I overly confident? Maybe, but I'm sticking to it. I'm overly confident in the game generally. I think BYU wins big. I, I just, I do. I think BYU explodes out of the gate. It's going to be fun. Okay, question of the day. Where are you perhaps overly confident in this BYU football team? Let's get to you in Voice of the Nation. This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jefferson Ogden on Twitter. The offensive line, all of the talk from both you and nationally has been my uh, has my expectations <laughs> through the roof on how they will perform this year. Yeah, more O-line talk this year than literally any other year on this show by far. Uh, COVID has, has kept certain guys here that may have been gone. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. second response. 
Brent Fredrickson on Twitter. I'm perhaps overly confident that BYU beats all the G5s because of the lessons learned last year and the maturity of the team. Hey, that's the hope. You win all the G5s and you go 3-2 and two against the P5s. And, of course, FCS, 10-2. and 10-2 right there. 10-2. and 10-2, and two, man. Uh, and I'm, I'm here for it. Hey, if I'm wrong about the offensive line, I will happily uh, stand on the podium and take the shame. But I don't think I'm going to be wrong. Okay, coming up, Jerem, BYU Sports Nation game day will get the season started on Saturday as they get everyone ready for BYU at South Florida. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, Brian Logan here in Provo, or there in Provo, I should say, and me in Tampa as we break down the matchup. Watch live 2 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app, a two-hour special. That's right, baby. And speaking of Brian Logan, he's back and ready to talk about the BYU defense. This is BYU Sports Nation from Provo and Tampa. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Looking at Tampa, Florida, as BYU takes on South Florida on Saturday afternoon, two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation game day. I'm Jeremy Jordan in Studio C, and you know what? The last couple of years, we, we have missed the, his infectious laugh, his personality, and today he returns triumphantly triumphantly like the prodigal son. Brian Logan <laughs> is back on BYU Sports Nation. It's good to see you, man. How you been? You too. You too. I've been, I've been good, man. I've been, I've been blessed. Um, can't complain, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here, uh, seeing everybody. You know, and I walked in and I saw Ben. I was like, ah, I'm home. I'm home. It feels good. It feels good, man. Yeah, we, I think someone started playing, I'm coming. And we're like, <laughs> where did this come from in the background? No, it's good to have you, man. And, uh, yeah, here we are on the precipice of another season. Yep. It's September. Ball camp's done. We can stop talking about practice. Mm -hmm. We can talk about games, yes. which is exciting. And you're going to be part of uh, BYU Sports Nation game day, two hours now yep. on Saturday. That's going to be a fun show, man. It's, it is. And, and, you know, I was campaigning for that for what? For years. Years, now, right? Now, I was like, I was now, like we did a three-hour three hour show, Brian. In the rain? In the rain I, with Texas. Look, we I delayed still, two I, and I still, Every time you bring this up, I still got to bring up the invoice. I still need my suit to be reimbursed. It's been eight years. It, you haven't sent an invoice I, in for the suit. I, I, I sent Alema hasn't either. I sent it to you. Oh, no, no, you I don't. must have got the wrong email. No, uh, but you, know, I, you know what? Look, everybody. I did Jaron. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> look, 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 check this out. Everybody is happy and excited. Um, like you said, you know, guys are... are are now moving into the game. They don't have to hit each other anymore. Us as fans, we want to see some live action going on. And everybody's been waiting for, what, nine months? I've been waiting for, like, three years for this moment, you know what I'm saying, to get yes. back. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited to be back with everybody. There's been, you know, such a buzz around uh, the community. You know, everybody's, you know, when they see me out, they're like, oh, are you coming back? When are you coming back? I'm like, finally. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm finally coming back. You're going to send year. a fax like Michael Jordan that just says, I'm back. I am. I am going to do that. Yep. Good luck finding a fax machine. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Brian Logan. He's back on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, obviously, we are stoked about this team. I'm trying to remember the last time we walked into a season this confident. Yeah. I mean, it's been 20-plus years probably where we knew what we had coming off a great year, the quarterback, the coordinators, uh, yeah. the coaching staff. You add pieces to an already good team. Obviously, losing Tyler is your massive loss, yeah, yeah. but we think Christopher Brooks is pretty good. How are you feeling about this group against this schedule? I think it's our year, man. Like, what does like, that mean? Like, this sounds so cliche. It does. But 
I feel like all the pieces are, are there. You know, the ingredients that make up a good team, uh, and, and I would say a great team, like you just said, are there. Uh, when you guys have the, the, the production that's coming back, you have the returners, um, the coordinators, right? You know, I, I know, I think I saw a stat that said that BYU ranked number one in that production coming back. Yes. Um, and then you have the schedule to do it, right? So, you know, there's times... To do what, Brian? To... Because this schedule's harder than last year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. okay, now, now look, look, listen, listen. <laughs> we, we know, we know there's, there may be two or three teams. Sure. You know, uh, P5 teams where they, they're not that good, right? Like, like 2009, when I played Oklahoma... Right, we won. It was good, and then towards the end of the year, we were like, "Oh, they, oh. they went eight and five, still good, still, still but good." They weren't like challenging for national right, title. Right, right, exactly. You and, knocked out the Heisman Trophy. Winner. Right, and and so this with this schedule, if if we had the same assumption, you could look, you know, throughout the years, right? Like BYU has has beat these Power Five schools that you know have had a down year, um, and and the significance changes, you know, over time as the season progresses. But the, I think these schools on this schedule have such a brand name that if that were to be the case this year, I think it's, it's easily, it, I don't say easily, but I think it could be overlooked in the eyes of the media, right? It's and, going to be a good win regardless. Re- if BYU beats Baylor, it's a good win regardless of yes. whether Baylor's 9-3, and 11-1, uh, 7-6. 100%. You, at Oregon. You, are, Oregon. You, you articulated that way better than I did. No, but no, yeah, no exactly. You're right. I'm trying you're to right. understand your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and so um, it's, it's the year where let's, – I'll take a step back. Let's say the schedule isn't as hard or tough or, or you don't have those brand-name schools, right? And let's say BYU just loses one game. What's the argument going to be from the media? Well, this was 2020, was it not? Bingo, exactly. So if that's the case this year, though – I think it's a it's a tougher argument, meaning there's an opportunity to play in a high level, you know, uh, ball game. If BYU goes ten and two, that could be equal to eleven and one on an easier schedule, or frankly yeah. nine and three, depending on how the opponents go. Like if BYU finishes pl- having played four teams who who finished ranked, yep. finished ranked, it's one of the toughest schedules that BYU's ever played. I don't believe that four will finish ranked. I believe two or three will. Yeah. But like, how many do you win out of that? So we've talked about. The big four being Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas in that order. There are other big games, but not as big as those four. If yeah. BYU splits that, I'm happy, man. I'm, I, what, what would you be happy with? Three and one. <laughs> I'd be ecstatic <laughs> with three and one. Three, That'd be three, crazy. Three and one. Man, you, you know what? It's hard to articulate in regards to the, the momentum, right? And, and in, the momentum is there. It's, it's tough, especially in that nowadays with, with college and, and kids are transferring. Like, you go through camp and then kids are transferring. It's crazy, you know what I'm saying? And, and so when you have a team that has been successful, they've been around for a while, and then they're coming back, you kind of, like me as an athlete, I'm pinching myself. You know, I'm like, man, we, we, have, we have guys coming back. We have depth that we got from last year. Um, we have a, a, a schedule that media can't really argue against, you know, if we're successful uh, with. And so you, you really think about all of the pieces that, that you need, right, to have that special season, you know, to, to, to win 10 games, to win 11 games. Um, it's, it's, it's there, man. It's, it's there. So, so thinking about it, I get goosebumps. And the expectations, you know, from somebody that's been in the program, somebody that's, that's seen the growth from Kalani and, and how he's cha- took over the program and, and, that, and his momentum, right? Like, 
all of it together, man, you, like you gotta, you gotta feel it. You gotta feel it, man. I, I feel like everybody does feel it. And you and you listen yes. to these, you listen to these interviews. That's the key, man. The the culture and the interviews really has me hyped. I get goosebumps hearing every other guy because, you know, they 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 feel it too. You know, they, they said, look, I I feel like we're on the cusp of something. Like like it's gonna be a good year. You know what I mean? And that whole vibe, that energy, I feel it. I know fans feel. It, I know the community feels it. It's very exciting. We're talking to Brian Logan on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about uh, what could have an impact on this game, which is obviously heat, humidity. It might rain during the game. Yep. You played a game in Florida at Florida State in 2010. Yeah. We don't have to talk about how it went. Oh, it's fine. I can, look, look, we, I, we don't talk about 2009 Florida State. We, we, <laughs> that look, one was tough. 2009 Florida State, that's a no-no. 2010 uh, was also tough, but that whole season, uh, you know, yeah, had that, its ups that, and downs. That was tough. But ended it, high. You know, I ended up, so during, why we could talk about it is because I got zero balls thrown to me. Um, oh. I ended up getting the hurt. ultimate respect. Yeah, right, exactly. I, I ended up getting hurt, um, I think, like the end of the third quarter. And then as soon as I, I got out, Corby Easton, my backup, came in, and then phew, ball came. So I was like, okay, respect. So we could talk about that. Why well, you got to call Corby out like that? Uh, no. Oh, well, <laughs> it, was it was an incomplete ball. Okay, you know? okay. Yeah, okay, I feel so, You know what I mean? My, I look, you. look, if you're my backup, you like, look, my, my backups are good. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, with, Spencer and I feel that way, too. <laughs> Oh, speaking of that, um, no, I'm just fine. I told Ben, I said, look, I said, look, man, I'm, I'm happy. I, you know, I, I got in, and it's one showdown. I got three more left. It's next, next is AFR. I'm trying to keep my team with AFR. And the third one is, you know, this show. You got hey, on a two-hour pregame show. That's hey, the biggest one we got. No, think, right? one down, three to go. Uh, uh, two to go. Um, so with, with, with Florida State, I, what I remember was it being hot, like extremely hot. Did it affect how the way you could play? Um, could you be yourself? Could you play your game? So sure. whenever I was on the sideline, I was hurting. Like when I, which is interesting, right? Like, you had loser's limp on the sideline? No, no, no. I didn't have loser's limp because I was, you know, when you, when you don't <laughs> get no balls thrown to you, you're, you know, you're a winner. I'm using something you're afraid. Uh, Boo Boo Johnson, loser's, loser's limp. limp. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Those I, Vaseline. I remember now, yeah, 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 yeah Vaseline. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember the seniors. We went and talked to Coach Mendenhall. We said, hey, can we wear all white? You know, because it's gonna be hot. And so that was that was fun and, and that was cool, but. Um, man, I thought I thought I was I would be impacted because I always get cramps. You know, you know stories of like when I played against Utah here in 2009, and I had the pickle juice and I was cramping. And the stadium was you know cheering, chan- cheering my name, and, cool. and so I've always that was a Rudy moment. That was yeah, that was. I think I'm taller than Rudy, Rudy right? Uh, I can confirm that. Okay. I interviewed him last year against Arizona. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, there we I go. I asked him if he was offside. Look, another win. That's another, another win. That's another yeah. win. Was he offside? He says, uh, no. Was, <laughs> okay. no. And I was uh, like, I, I think you were. You know, you know okay, here, here's another point. I, so I started thinking about this. Just, you know, hearing, you know, analysts and stuff like that talk about the, the weather. Um, when we played in the alumni game, they had, like, these heat, these heat seats, right? It was cold. And I, and, I, and I said, I was sitting down and I was doing something. I was drinking my pickle juice. And you, were, you were drinking pickle juice for real? Yeah. During the alumni? Yeah. I, okay. I, I had two. I had two. You took it as seriously as I, Max did. I had two jars. Oh, we all did. You know, look, so I was drinking it, and, and Nixon was, David Nixon, he had the little, what's the little massage thing? Gun? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like a little massage gun. He had, yeah, he yeah, had, yeah. I was like, let's, let's switch. <laughs> so everybody was, you know, taking, taking shots of pickle juice. It was fun. But my, my. Acceptable my, shots on the sideline of BYU. Yeah. yeah a pickle juice, man. Yeah. You know, you got yeah. to do what you got to do. Chocolate milk. <laughs> right, chocolate I, look, that's all, you only get chocolate milk when you win, right? That's 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 that, that's it. That's the rules. That is the rules. So, 
my, my point is that, you know, I was, I was so astonished by the technology because it was, the, the seats were heated. And I was like, yo, Brandon, B, come here. Hey, I was telling everybody, come here, the, the seats are Brandon heated. Brandon Bradley, yeah. Brandon Bradley, Grandpa B. The seats are heated, and everybody was laughing at me, you know, like, wow, like, you haven't, I'm like, man, I, I didn't know, like, technology like this. I, I wish we had this when I played, you know? And so my point is that I don't think that the players would be as affected, um, you know, compared to when I played, right? And especially in, like, in games where it was cold, if you were a, a backup, like, if, we, if, if there weren't enough jackets, you know, our, our second, the second strings, they would wear our jackets, and as soon as we come off, they, they got to give them, right? So... You know, you're kind of in a in a you know uh, pretty pretty bad situation if you're not if you're not actually playing. But you think about the 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 science. You think about all the trainers. I heard the staff had there's like 20 new members on the staff now. You know, specifically for for training. A little so, bit of money coming in here. <laughs> man, that Big 12 money, man. Um, so I, you know, I think I think the players would be fine. This is this is the thing though. Is this it's mental. A lot of it is mental. You know, so if if you're having fun. It doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's hail. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant because you're having fun, right? There's times where we would, we would be playing in, in the snow at Colorado or here and it's raining, and we get an interception or something, and we're doing slip and slides. We're, we're doing snow angels. Why? Because we're winning. <laughs> so, so Winning is fun. Winning is fun. Yes. Okay, let's talk about this uh, defense back group, specifically the corners. Yep. If you were on this roster, are you starting over D'Angelo Mandel or Caleb Hayes on this team? I don't care. Look, check this out, man. I don't care what name, <laughs> you know, you, you say. I'm starting over anybody. Look, this this my camera, right? I'm starting over anybody. Anybody. Over anybody. Mm -hmm. Deion Sanders son, somehow comes to BYU in uh, his heyday. Starting over, I'm starting over Deion, too. Okay, then. That's, well. that's just, look, that's just the mentality that that's, you have to have as, yes. a, as a corner, right? Would you start over Deion? No, but that's the no, mentality negative. you got. But have. the other two, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the other, yes, you know, the you other. know, this is the thing with with with, with this question. Because those guys are pretty good, <sighs> really good. And I, Gabe I, Judy I, Lally. I've been, I've been, I've been, Jacob I've Rock. been really high on D'Lo. You know, since he, yes. since he stepped foot. You've and loved him the whole time. I, I have, and you know, I, I really like Jacob Robinson. Moving from safety to corner, I'm I, intrigued. Look, look, I remember the Utah game, and I was, you know, on the set with the guys, and he made a play, and I was like. Uncle B, who is that? Like, who is that? And he started, you know. Transfer from Utah State. All, yep, all that. Kid, and and yeah. I said, I said, he reminds me of Joe, my cousin, Joe Sampson. Mm -hmm. um, the instincts, right? And, and being able to, to play nickel. So you could play corner, you could play safety. But, but the ability to, to come down in the box and, and guard, you know, your slot receivers, still come up and be physical, make tackles. Um, and still make plays on the ball, right? Like that's a that's a that's a DB that's that, that's rare to find, um, especially nowadays when when players are really specialized, right? So I mean, Coach G's done a really good job of of recruiting. Um, and, and when I say you know what's interesting with this question is I wouldn't even been recruited by him. He looked at me like five five six. There's a certain Height and speed they're going for, or whatever, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, and and you know, shout you out to my. You would have met one of those requirements. Look, shout out to my mom. I don't know if I told this story. Shout out to my mom because when Coach Hill came and recruited me, um, right before he was maybe like five minutes out, my mom was like, "Go put some socks in your shoes." <laughs> 
So I went, I to went to B five nine. To yeah, to B five nine. So she said, she said, you know, get some Jordans, like whatever Jordans that are the thickest. Go get, get put those on. Get the stilts. And then and then look. So I came downstairs and I had like three, four football socks. And she folded them twice, put them in, and that's the, she was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, whatever oh, you gotta do. Forgive me, forgive me, coach, because you know when I get to camp, I'm gonna be you know three inches shorter. So. Right, and I think it was worth it. I think so. I think it was worth it. I think so. Thanks for your time, man. Uh, we look forward to seeing you coming up 2 Eastern time on Saturday for BYU Sports Nation game day. Have fun with the guys. Great to see you. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be uh, your next backup. I love it. Let's go. Brian Logan in studio. Check out sixth-ranked women's soccer taking on Alabama. We want Bama tonight, 9 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU radio app as well. Remember, BYU beat Alabama in the second round of the NCAA tournament last year. And who will score more times against Alabama this weekend, BYU women's soccer or Utah State football? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout today, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I know you love the TikTok, Jerem. I do love the TikTok, although I'm trying to avoid it right now so I can actually like prepare for the volleyball matches. <laughs> Otherwise, two hours later, I'll be like, where am I? Why am I in Orem's It's Walmart? the worst black like, hole. What, what just happened? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it's awesome. it is such a black hole. He is Spencer from Tampa. I am Jerem from Provo. Let's whip it. Good whip round is presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The forecast for game time, Jerem is calling for 90 degrees with 65 to 70% humidity, 40% chance of rain for the course of the game. What is your level of concern about the weather forecast for BYU season opener in Tampa at USF? Well, you know, Boise State and UAB featured some fumbles in the rain. So there is a uh, little bit of concern. But if BYU's O-line is super legit, like we think it is, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in a second, but PFF says it's one of the top ten, then why won't, wouldn't BYU just uh, just run the rock and dominate, regardless of what the, uh, the precipitation is like? Yeah, Jeremy, you were talking about that with me this morning with uh, oh, the rain and the fumbles. I'm like, yeah, it, it was a setback for BYU last year. So there's some PTSD mentally there for me on behalf of BYU. But, you know, BYU didn't have in those games last year a healthy starting Jaron Hall. He played against Boise State, was clearly not healthy. He did not play against UAB. He's healthy. He's playing against USF. As much as the rain may stink and muddy up the game, quite literally, you got Jaron Hall. He's the captain. He's going to lead that team behind that offensive line. So my concern is not as great as it once was. What do you think of the NFL cuts with the BYU guys? Well, you never like to see it, right? However, we are starting to see some guys that are coming back onto practice squads with Zane Anderson. Even Matt Bushman got placed on the injured reserve. Hopefully he gets to land with the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyson Williams and Chris Wilcox with the Colts. I anticipate that we'll see maybe a few more guys end up on practice squads as well, uh, including Kai Nakua and Kairos Tonga. 
So while the cuts stink, it's good to see some good players with experience in the NFL get called back up to the practice squads. And I imagine just because of the physical nature of the game, we'll see those guys on 53-man rosters as well. Uh, I would love for at least one of the Nakua's to get a shot. I would love, so I would love to see Samson Nakua get a shot somewhere. I, I just think he's such a gamer. He's such a playmaker. So I hope he gets onto a practice squad. Yeah, Kairos Tonga and Harvey Longy being cut was a surprise. Which, by the way, the difference between Utah and BYU in the NFL has been stark the last couple of years. The difference is Utah by yeah. two this year. That's it. And if Tonga and Longy had made those rosters, it would have been even. So those were surprised. Happy for Zane, by the way. He's the guy we don't talk about that's sticking in the NFL. Pro Football Focus, speaking of pro football, Jerem released a ranking of their top offensive lines in the country. Okay, listen to this. Notre Dame is number two. Baylor is number four. Arkansas is number five. What do all those teams have in common? They're all on BYU's schedule. BYU is number six. Oregon receives an honorable mention. What's your reaction to those rankings and what it means for BYU this season? One, BYU's O-line is super legit, like we think. Hey, we're not the only ones saying it. And two, if BYU truly gets the split among the big four, your boy's happy, because those O-lines are really good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a significant challenge week in and week out, it feels, particularly with those Power 5 teams. But BYU's right there. I love the validation that that brings. You know, while BYU is below three of those teams, they're essentially right there and right on par with them. We're going to have some epic battles this year, and I'm looking forward to it. O-line play, man. We're going to watch it like we've never watched it before. Are you sad to see the future of the BYU-Utah State men's basketball game become perhaps a casualty of Big 12 basketball schedules? Yes, because that was my fallback on the fact that BYU and Utah State were not going to play in football. Well, at least they're playing in basketball every year, so it's okay. Well, now they're not playing in either <laughs> of the major men's sports, and it stinks. I don't like it. I like the Aggies on the schedule, both with football and basketball. I get it with football. Like, there are way fewer opportunities to make that happen, especially with BYU going to the Big 12 and finally getting into a Power 5 conference. But basketball, they've got more maneuverability. There are more games. I think you should play every major in-state foe, and it should happen every year. So I hope they can come to an agreement at some point in the near future because I don't like that Utah State's not on the schedule. That's a fun game, and it's fun to go to Logan and play in that crazy environment. And I think it's good for BYU to have that mental challenge and to play up there every once in a while just to kind of be in that type of an environment. I love that game every year. I love it wherever it's played. I do enjoy it every couple of years in Logan as well because it's fun to go up there. They're crazy and, and out of line at times and whatever. Like, it's fun. Um, but, but obviously, they don't cross the line. But uh, 18 league games in the Big 12. If BYU goes 500, um, and then somehow goes 10 and three in non-conference. You're you're 19, uh, you know, and 12 going into the the conference tournament. To get in at large, you probably need like 19 wins to just barely be off. So it's going to be tough. I understand it. It is a nod of respect to Utah State. Of we don't want it to be too tough because it's going to be a tough slog yep, in yep. the Big 12. It is absolute respect to Utah State's basketball program, which is very good. Even though BYU's won 10 in a row. Jerem, perhaps we've saved the best question for last. Speaking of Utah State. Which team will score more against Alabama? Yeah, speaking of the Aggies, as you said. Which team's <laughs> going to score more against Alabama? 
BYU women's soccer or Utah State football? <laughs> now, we're not talking points. We're talking like how many times you score. So like three goals equals three scores, right? And I'm not talking field goals. Oh, I'm talking scores, okay. touchdowns yeah. okay. for Utah State. <laughs> There's no way that BYU women's soccer doesn't outscore Utah State football. I think if women's soccer scored twice, <laughs> I don't see Utah State scoring two touchdowns against Alabama. I, Utah State will score against Alabama. I just think it'll be like 10 points. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I put the number at like 10, maybe, maybe like a 13, couple of field goals and a touchdown. Uh, but I, I feel like it's going to be like a 55 to 13 game for Utah State and Tuscaloosa. So if we're counting field goals, then maybe a combi- a, like a combination of those is like one score, maybe. But yeah, like if we're like. It's, it's probably BYU women's soccer, which is crazy. I know. That's and, how good hey, Alabama is. I want Utah to lose every game. I'm cool with Utah State winning every game besides BYU. I feel differently. Maybe I've hung out yes. there more, and it's yes. not, they're also blue. I don't know what it is. But I'm not, like, <laughs> anti-anti-Utah State outside of the BYU game. Utah, hey, if they go uh, 0-12, I'm happy. <laughs> Jerem, the Utah State theme of this show continues with our promo here. Seventh ranked BYU women's volleyball starts a busy weekend tonight against, yeah, the Aggies. Watch the match live 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Both coaches played for the other team in college, which is fun. Would BYU be a top five Big 12 team right now? The debut of our completely unbiased Big 12 plus four power rankings is next as BYU Sports Nation continues from Provo in Tampa. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Isaac Rex and the Cougars back in action coming up Saturday against South Florida. Cannot wait for that. Which brings us to this. BYU is going to join the Big 12 next year, of course. We feel like we're in the league already without playing games in there emotionally, right? Pac-12, Big 12 expansion. We're like, yeah, yeah. Big 12, it's Pac-12, let's go. So today we are introducing for the first time, it's the debut of our completely unbiased <laughs> Big 12 plus four, the four teams coming in, including Brigham, power <sighs> rankings. So Spence, let's walk through this, what we have determined. Sports Nation, Big 12 plus four, Power rankings. Yeah, that's right. We're going to do this throughout the season, basically so we can see where we think BYU fits. Okay? We include Texas and Oklahoma, of course, until they leave the league, which yeah. is not yes. for this plus two seasons. Okay? All right. We have Oklahoma as the top team. I think that's pretty clear. People feel that way, although I don't buy into Dylan Gabriel as a starting quarterback, per se. Uh, maybe because BYU just absolutely destroyed Dylan Gabriel in the Boca Raton Bowl in 2020. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, it's the post-Lincoln-Riley era, so right. how much of a drop-off will Oklahoma have? Yeah. They feel like that they're re-energized, and they're, <clears throat> they're almost angry that that happened, and so they, like, yeah. the, the, the sense I get from Oklahoma is the Lincoln-Riley departure has like motivated them, it has inspired them. All the players have like, said, oh, we rallied around the new coach, like we didn't want him anyway, and so they're going off pure, like, pure raw emotion here. I do think they have the most talent of any team in the Big 12 yes. for sure. If they can, indeed, as they say, they will rally, they'll be the best team in, in the Big 12 when it's when it all said and done. And this is as of right now, right? And we'll go through the season. This is not our prediction. This is what we think right now going into the year. Brent Venerables, the longtime Clemson, D.C., the head coach at Oklahoma now. Oklahoma State, they're coached by a man, Mike Gundy, who is over 40 at this point. 
uh, a team that uh, was a New Year's Six team last year. Then we have Baylor uh, in the top three there. What do you yeah. think of that? Could Baylor – Baylor won the league last year, but they, we have them at three. Yeah, Baylor probably feels disrespected by our completely unbiased Big 12 plus four initial power rankings, Jerem. I'm sure they're super angry that they're, they're all the way down attention. at number three. They should be at least at number two, not behind Oklahoma State. But, uh, again, I think you and I are kind of on the same page with Baylor where it's like, yeah, they're really good. Their offensive line is going to be really good. Yes. They return a ton of talent. But they did lose some major, like, impactful pieces so I, I think they're really good. I don't think they're top 10 good right now, Jeremy. I think they're top 20 good, but I don't think they're yeah. top 10 good, which is why I put them at number three. Blake Shapin at uh, quarterback now, who took over for Gary Bohannon, which we will see Saturday at South Florida there. Okay, uh, we have Cincinnati after that. They lost nine uh, NFL draft picks, but a ton of respect, obviously, for Luke Fickle and his program. Then we have BYU all the way up at five. Yeah, not a shocker that BYU is in the top five of this ranking. Completely but, unbiased, of listen, course. To the credit of BYU and Kalani Satake, why would they not be in the top five of this ranking coming off a season where they went 6-1 and one against seven power fives? They've won 10-plus games in back-to-back -back seasons. They finished in the top 20 rankings of back-to-back -back seasons. And apparently their offensive line is better. Their starting quarterback is back. Why would BYU not be in the top five? Give me that argument. I, I tried. I literally tried. Like, who's, okay, yeah, is there a reason BYU shouldn't be in this top five? No. Who's over them right now with what BYU brings back? We have Texas and Houston. I could see an argument for Houston over Texas at this point um, because Houston is one of those G5 sleepers last year of being a group of five who could knock on that New Year's Six door as the rep. Yeah, and, and what's wild as I look at Texas and Houston and then Kansas State, UCF, and TCU, I'm thinking, man, there are a lot of really, really solid good teams in this league. Get when used to it. Iowa State and Texas Tech are 11 and 12 in this power pole, like going to wow. Ames is going to be a huge challenge. Like there's not a lot separating number three from number 11, right? Like, it's just very, very, very tightly contested. Um, you got to go all the way to, like, West Virginia, which is kind of like a rebuilding program, and then Kansas, which is just, I mean, yeah. they're they make bad up year in and a year out. Like, that, that's, an, that's an easy one. Yeah. But, I mean, literally, from, like, number three to number 10 or 11, Jerem, like, would anybody be shocked if anybody be shocked if Iowa State beat Baylor in football head-to-head there? -head? No. No, because they're good, respectable programs. Matt Campbell runs a great program there, even though he's got his, the bill of his hat like bent in a weird way, whatever. Um, okay, Kansas State after Houston, UCF, TCU, Iowa State way down there at 11, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Kansas, of course. So any surprises in this list uh, to you? Iowa State kind of sticks out as being kind of low at 11. Granted, didn't have a great year yeah. last year. The yeah. previous year, like, they won the Big 12 two years ago in the kind of weird COVID uh, year, of course. But uh, we have BYU all the way at five. We, we feel pretty good about this. And I wish so bad, Spence, that this BYU team could play in the Big 12 because I, I just think they'd have a shot at the title, whereas next year we feel like BYU is really good this year. They're going to lose a lot of those pieces. Yeah, it, it's uh... – <laughs> We've talked about this before with Jaron Hall. Like, technically, Jaron has a couple of years of eligibility left. That's another like, one. Oh, man, maybe Jaron, he, he's coming back to lead BYU into the Big 12. But 
that would mean that maybe he didn't accomplish what he wanted to this year and he didn't raise his draft. He got hurt. Maybe there's an injury involved. And so, yeah, like we, we want Jaron to play like at a super high level this year and maximize his NFL draft potential and go. And so not having a veteran starting quarterback coming back as BYU transitions into the Big 12 is, is tough, which is, I think, why we're doing this poll. It's like, no, let's keep it going. Let's try and play this out in our minds <laughs> we so that we can do kind this of, next in a way, year? Ex- experience this. <laughs> next year we're like, yeah, BYU starts yeah. at 9. Like, why uh, would we do the poll? Yeah, yeah, yeah yikes. I, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, that's tough. It's tough. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I want to see Jaron Hall play well, like do his thing, and then we'll see what happens when BYU actually gets into the Big 12. But number five right now, and we need to keep tabs on this, especially the first one. Screenshot this, baby. We're coming back to this. We'll re-rank all these teams and see where they are at the end of the season. I want to see how close this week. initial poll yeah. is to the final poll. Yeah, every week. Yes. We're, we're paying attention, it. man. We're paying attention to the Big 12. Let's go. All right. Want to get ready for game day? Of course you do. You can get episodes of Coordinator's Corner after further review. And, of course, BYU Football with Kalani Satake, all available on demand right now on the BYU TV app. Coming up, today's rise and shout-outs as we put a bow on this one from Tampa and Florida. Will Spencer fire that cannon like George Q can? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'm Jerem Jordan in Provo. Here's Spencer Linton in Tampa. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day, where are you perhaps overly confident in this BYU football team and there there are a lot of reasons to be confident so where are you perhaps overconfident our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at uh, Sapporo uh, Mochin 10 and 2 with road losses to Oregon and Spuddy Buddy nice Boise State ranked number 11 by the selection committee New Year's Six Bowl, that certainly would be the high end of this season because BYU is going to lose, you'd think, because of how tough the schedule is. As good as the team is, you have to remember they play somebody else uh, multiple games, but would 10-2 and get in? We'll we'll probably discuss another day. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America. New Year's Six Bowl. That'd be nice. The official credit union of BYU Athletics. On this day in 1984, BYU beat number three Pitt. To start a national championship season, it was the first live college football game on ESPN. What a day! Our thanks to today's guest, Brian Logan. Conversation continues 24-7. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Andrew Rich. We'll see you tonight for a soccer volleyball doubleheader on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs!